Hey everybody, this is Matt, pastor and disciple of Jesus Christ, and you are listening to the Truth Podcast. This is going to be a show that we try to shed the light of the truth on the things that truly matter. This is going to be a podcast that we take on the things that we all face on a regular basis. We're going to look at what the text of Scripture actually says. There's so many talking heads out there today, social media, news outlets, podcasts. Friends and even your family, they want to tell you the right way and they want to give you their opinion on everything. However, there's one opinion that seems to have been lost in the shuffle. And that's what God's opinion on the matter is. We live in a society and a culture that's completely biblically illiterate, at least for the vast majority of Americans. The Bible remains one of the most purchased books in the whole history of the world, but there's still so many people that don't have an idea of what God's Word actually says. Our aim here is to change that. I don't want this podcast to be a thing that, uh, a place that I tear people apart. It's not going to be a place for political advertisement. This is not going to be a place that I try to tell you how good my life is, because the truth of the matter is that I struggle, just like everybody else. But I want to open up about some of the things that's happened in my life and in the life of my family. I also want to be candid about many of the things that I deal with and that I face. The truth is, on the Truth Podcast, that this is going to be a place where we can be real. We can have real conversations. It's not going to be a real pattern that we take. I want to talk about uh, passages of the Bible. I want to walk down and talk about the things that we all deal with. I want to talk about the issues of the day. I hope there'll be times of questions and answers. And I hope to bring in some of the people that have been instrumental in my life and in my ministry and allow us to hear from others who have perhaps lived a little longer than some. One of the things that I've learned in my time as a pastor and in studying my Bible and just life in general is that seeking out those who've lived a little bit longer is probably a good place to start. And seeking out the wisdom of those probably pretty wise as well. I've also found that talking out the problems is sometimes the most beneficial thing. And that's what this is going to be. I want to hear from you. What are some things that you would like for us to tackle? What are some questions that you have? Because I want this to be a time that we can learn and grow together. So, all of that by way of introduction. Today, we're going to talk about what is my purpose. You see, we live in a world and in a culture in which there's an alarming number of people who want to know what is their purpose in life. What purpose do I possibly serve here on this earth? Why am I even here? And they spend an incredible amount of time trying to figure out what their life means and if it means anything at all. There was a French painter named Paul Gauguin. He asked the same questions. He has a painting in the Boston Museum of Fine Arts. And if you look at this painting on the front left, the very top, he's got three questions written. Where did we come from? What are we? 
and where are we going? You see, these questions aren't new. And throughout the history of humanity, people have been in search for the answers to these questions. So, let me ask you, why are you here? Can you answer that question? Why are you here and what purpose does your life serve? If you're an unbeliever, then perhaps you would list things like making money, gaining respect and prestige, uh, moving up in the world, becoming popular, becoming famous. Because we live in a time and an age that if you're not getting Facebook likes or getting follows on Instagram, then you're probably not doing much with your life. And if you do a quick Google search, it pops up questions like, how can I find purpose in my life? Or defining the purpose of my life. But the truth of the matter is that all of those things, like money and fame and fortune, it's all a lie of the evil one. So what purpose do you serve? Because we're all made for a purpose. And we're all made for a reason. So what is it? The Westminster Shorter Catechism asks this same question. In question one of the catechism, it asks, what is the chief end of man? In other words, it asks, what purpose does humanity serve? What purpose do I have here on earth? And the answer comes very clear. What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You see, God created you and He created me to glorify Him, to bring Him glory. That's it. That's what your purpose is. And we can live out that purpose in many different ways. And we're going to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the biblical answer to Golgon's questions. So number one, he said, where do we come from? If you believe that we are just a product of time plus matter plus chance, then there's no surprise that you are looking and searching for meaning in your life. Because if there is no creator God who did not create you with a particular purpose and a particular plan for your life, then it makes complete sense to seek out purpose and plan. Because after all, right now we're just sitting on this giant marble spinning through time and space and we're not really going anywhere with no real purpose. And we're simply sitting around waiting for it all to end. And that, my friends, sounds like a very miserable and pathetic life. But if you believe that before there was time, before there was anything, there was God, then that changes everything. Because you see, there was a creator. It was God who made you and set your plan in place. He set your life down with a purpose. He gave you an identity, unique to you. In the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, 
It says, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. It doesn't say that there was two minuscule globs of goo that just happened to bump into each other billions and billions of years ago. No. It said, in the beginning, God created. That is game changer. Because you see, God made everything, including you and me. And he made it all for a purpose. All of it to glorify him. Look around at what you see. Trees, blue sky, clouds, stars, moon. It all glorifies God. It all points to a creator, God. Even in the city, you see something green growing through a crack in a sidewalk. That's a symbol of God. That, that points to God. If you walk through the creation narrative, you can see the creation of the ocean and the land, of animals and birds, of weather and, and wind. And in chapter 2, you see that God created humanity. Man and woman. And, by the way, that's all that he created. I realize that's another topic for another day, but there were only two. There are still only two. Man, woman. That's it. Genesis 2, 7, it says that, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. So that is it. That's, that's where we came from. We were a creation of God. We were made for God. We were made to bring glory to God. The second question Golgon asks is, what are we? So let, let me just help us to see this. The creator God made humanity out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into them, or him, the breath of life. Here's a little tidbit. That's the only thing that he breathed the breath of life into. God did not breathe into animals or insects or plants or trees or anything else. It was just humanity. You see, he did that because he loved us. Because he created us for a purpose. For a reason. And if that's not enough, look at what Genesis 1.26 says. In the words of God, it said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So not only were we the only creations that God breathed the life, breath of life into, we are the only creation that is created in the image of God. You see, that's the answer to Golgon's question right there. What are we? We are his creation, made in his image for his glory. 
Finally, Golgon asked, where are we going? He may as well have asked, what is the end? What is the point? So the Bible says that God looked upon his creation and he said that it was good. He said that it was perfect. But in Genesis 3, that perfect humanity falls. Humanity decided that it wanted to be like God. Pride snuck in. The serpent said to Eve, Did God really say? And Eve realized that if she could be like God, that's what the serpent told her. He said, if you eat the fruit, you're going to be like God. And she did. You see, God set down one rule. Don't eat the fruit of one tree. And we couldn't do it. Thus, sin entered the earth. Sin entered God's perfect world. And when sin entered, humanity began to look at themselves. We began to glory in the things that we could do. We no longer seek to give God glory, but instead we we seek to glory in the things that we can touch, we can feel, we can see here on earth. Things like money and sex and drugs and fame and fortune. The Bible also makes clear that all humanity is now born into sin. Through one man's sin, sin entered. So all humanity has a sin problem. And Romans 6.23 says that the result of that sin is death. You say, well, Adam and Eve didn't die instantly, did they? No, they didn't. At least not physically. But that relationship between God and man was severed. But you see, the interesting thing about this story is that God loved his creation so much that he sent his son Jesus to pay that penalty. Giving all humanity a way out. All they had to do was simply accept Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, and King. But the question that we're trying to answer is what is the end? So the Bible makes clear that God has set a date when all humanity will stand before him. And we will all give an account of the things that we have done. And you're either going to go to one of two places. You're either going to go to heaven. Or you're going to go to a place that was never created for humanity. But instead it was created for Satan and his demons. That's the only two options. If we come under the blood of Jesus Christ and we make him the Lord and the Savior of our lives, then we get to spend forever in heaven with him. But if we decide that we don't need God, 
and that we can do it all by ourselves, then we will spend forever separated from God, from light, from love, and we will spend forever in eternal darkness. So if Golgon were here right now, I could give him the answer to those three questions. But let me go back because we're trying to talk about what is my purpose. But ever since the fall of humanity, when God no longer had communion with mankind on earth, there's been a God-shaped hole in all people. Blaise Pascal once said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing but only by God, the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. And it's into that God-shaped hole that we as humanity have tried to stuff everything that we can find to fill that hole, to find purpose, to find a reason for living and being. We're all trying to figure out the answer to Golgon's questions. I have to give him props because there's a lot of people that have those questions but would never ask them. You see, he said, I don't know where I come from. I'm not sure where I am or what I am, and I, I really don't have any idea where I'm headed. How many people are walking around out there trying to find purpose in their life? And the reason I know that is because there was a time in my life when I just simply drifted along. I didn't know what purpose I served and if I even really served one. And I tried to stuff things into that God-shaped hole. You see, I was a Christian by name only. I didn't fellowship regularly with God. I didn't pray. I didn't read my Bible. But I liked the name. I liked that these. I liked to be able to say that I'm a Christian. But if you looked at my life... It didn't give that example. I didn't live that out. I wasn't really concerned with his glory or concerned for his name. I was not really concerned about anything, if I'm honest. And I tried to fill that hole with all kinds of things. And I can remember one New Year's Day and I sat just an emotional wreck. And I told my mom and my dad that I really didn't know what I was supposed to be doing with my life, but I felt like I needed some sort of hobby. And I can remember walking through a hobby and and craft store, looking at all of these things, trying to find one of them that would give my life meaning. And none of it did. I hated it all. And the reason is not because any of those things were bad, Or not because I just couldn't put my finger on the perfect hobby, but it was because I was looking in the wrong place. And one day my dad came to me and he said, Son, I've never seen you happier than when you just immerse yourself in the Word of God. 
I've never seen you happier than when you're willing to be used by God, when you're doing what he has asked you to do. And that day changed my life. Because I went home and, and I did some soul searching. I got on my knees and I prayed. And I said, Lord, first I want to stop being a Christian by name only. I want a legit, real relationship with you. And second, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to do. Whatever that is, wherever that takes me, I'm willing. I found my purpose on that day. I found my point. I found the reason that I exist. And I found the best way that I can give God glory and enjoy Him. And for me, I've never looked back. And since that day, He has opened the floodgates of heaven and poured out blessing on blessing in my life. But just as an aside, please understand that God does not need you or me to glorify Him. He is glory. Neither you or I add anything to God's glory. You see, we, we serve as reflectors. God shines bright because He is God. And we simply take in that light and we reflect it back at Him. Giving Him the true glory. Because everything we have and everything we do is only because He allows it. So, how do we reflect His glory? We reflect His glory by living lives that mirror His. Shining as a light for Him. Giving Him honor and glory and praise and love that He asks for. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10.31 said, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That means in everything you do. Do it to bring honor and glory to God's name. Because that's what you were made for. You weren't made for yourself. You weren't made for your family. You were made for Him and His glory. You may have one of the most dead-end jobs. And you say, this is the dumbest job. Nobody cares if I do it. But do that job to the best of your ability because that's what God has for you to do. Don't do it because you want to be employee of the month. Don't do it so you can get a better job. But do it for His glory. Because right now, that's what He has for you to do. To you moms who hold the house together, at least that's my wife, washing load after load of clothes and dishes, don't just do it because nobody else will. Do it for His glory. And because right now, 
That's what he has for you to do. Just think about your kids for a second. Do your kids see you doing things around the house in an attitude of aggravation, anger? Or do your kids see you doing things around the house in a way that brings honor and glory to God? Because I promise you one thing, they see more than we think they see and they hear more than they think we hear. Please hear me. You don't have to be on a stage at church to give God glory. You don't have to write books, be on podcasts, be on TV, be an athlete to give God glory. You can give God glory cleaning toilets. You can give God glory sweeping parking lots. You can give God glory emptying trash cans or changing diapers. Whatever it is that he has given you to do, do it to the best of your ability because you are always seen. You say, Matt, nobody sees me. Yes, they do. Because while there may not be physical eyes on you, there is always one who sees you. And after all, we're doing it for his glory. The Apostle John in the book of Revelation said, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So what do we do it? We do it because he is worthy. We do it because we know who we were before we met Jesus Christ. We do it because we know what he has saved us out of or saved us from. We do it by singing praises to his name. We do it by obeying the commands in his word. We do it by growing into spiritually mature Christians, living out the fruit of the Spirit. We do it by seeking the good of others and living and giving generously, just to name a few. But do you see the problem? The culture in which we live has invaded our Christianity. It's invaded our hearts. And even us, now seeking us as all people who are Christians who can hear me, we're still not willing to give God his glory. But instead we would rather glory in our own things, the things that we can do. We glory in the fact that our, our, our son is a good baseball player. Or we glory in the fact that we've gotten two promotions this year. We glory in the fact that we have a nice house or a nice car. But we don't glory in God. We never say, let me tell you how good God and how good and merciful God has been to me. Because I don't deserve any of it. But he has blessed me with so much. 
we don't give God glory because we would much rather glory in the things that we can do. But let me assure you of one thing, and that is that God will share his glory with no one. The prophet Isaiah 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord. This is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor praise to carved idols. Let me float something out here. Perhaps the reason that some of us walk around without feeling as though we have a purpose is because when God does bless us with something, we're too quick to talk about the things that we have done. And we're not real quick to say, let me tell you where God is working and blessing in my life. Perhaps we, and I say we, lumping myself in, don't have all that God will give us because we glory in ourselves more than we glory in the goodness of God. Do you see how countercultural this is? We live in a time and in an age when if you're not making a name for yourself and making money, then you're really not doing much. You're, you're a nobody. Because we live in a time and an age of when we're all self-made, right? We, we, we hear people talk about the self-made man or the self-made woman. Look at me, I pulled myself up by the bootstraps and, and look at what I have accomplished. When the truth of the matter is the very breath that you're breathing right now is on wrong. That's not your breath. And if it were not for God's goodness in your life, you would not be able to stand up out of bed in the morning. Your heart would have stopped beating last night. Your muscles just would stop working. But how often do we get up in the morning and give God the glory for his mercy and his grace and the fact that I can still stand up and there's still air in my lungs? We don't. Because you see, we, even we as Christians, take for granted all of the good gifts that God gives us so freely. And we never turn back that glory toward him and say thank you God for being so good but if you want to find purpose in your life if I want to find purpose in my life if we want to live out the life that God has for us the whole point is that we are to glorify God to live out lives that are countercultural to live out lives that look like the life of Jesus Christ. Because after all, that's what it means to be a disciple. It means to be a learner. A learner of the way that he lived his life, and then we try to turn and live our lives the exact same way. So that every day we can go out and others can see us, and when they stop us and they say, what is it about you that makes you so different? Why do you always have joy? Why do you always treat people with love? We can look at them and we can say, let me tell you what God has done in my life. And the best news is that he can do it for you as well. 
You see, when I introduce myself, I introduce myself as a disciple of Jesus. Because that's what I want to be. I don't want to just be a Christian. Because the word Christian today has a connotation of being quote-unquote religious. I don't want to be religious. I want to look like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to forgive and give mercy like Jesus. Because if I can do that, then I can shine a light on the goodness of God and show others what it truly means to be a Christ follower. My friends, your life has a purpose. Your life has a point. Wherever you are right now, whatever you're going through right now, I want you to hear me. You are a creation of the Most High God. And as one of my friends said, God don't make no junk. Your life has purpose. It's your job to submit to God and say, God, whatever it is, I want you to use me. Show me the purpose that you have for me. Show me the plan that you have for my life. Perhaps it's not leading a church, but maybe it's leading a small group. Maybe it's just being a light for Jesus where you work, in the cafeteria or on the sports field. Or maybe it's just to be a light and a reflection of the goodness of God to those who live under your own roof. Whatever it is, embrace it, love it, and give it all that you have for His glory, not your own. My friends, I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast today, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. And I hope that if you like this podcast, you will tell your friends and your loved ones and invite them into the truth. If you want to drop me an email, you can do that. My email address is thetruthpod1, thetruthpod1 at gmail.com. If you have any questions or ideas that you would like to hear, feel free to drop me an email. And finally, remember that you are loved. You are seen. So live vertically. God bless.